0: I get so many opportunities nowadays, um, especially in Arizona, is is there's so much country and to glass them from, and, and yeah, that's, that's fine, glassing them from afar, from a little bit, but at some point, you gotta be a little bit aggressive. You can't just sit back and wait to try to catch these deer. Um, you can't try to always, you, you gotta play the wind, but you also have to, to be sure that you don't just let that moment slip away, and that's something that I hunt them every single year. Like now, it's, it's you know, I might I might sit back and glass until I see a buck that I wanna go after, but once I see him you gotta be aggressive and you gotta push in there a little further, or a lot of times you won't even get that opportunity. I don't get that opportunity to hunt Arizona a lot um, throughout the year. So I hunt it for at most 10 days. So I got to make the most of my opportunities because I see too many times people complain about how hard that hunt is and it is hard, but you you have to play it smart. But if you are aggressive, you're going to get your opportunities. Um, I don't care what Arizona Fishing Game says on statistic wise, that's one of the things that drives me nuts is when people pay attention to those three to four to 5% success rates. If you bust your ass and you get in there and you are aggressive, but at the same time calculated, you're going to get your opportunity definitely another learning moment along the lines that you were saying is is, um, after I'd called and I'd I'd seen him I mean I'd called him in but I got complacent sat there and was like man (laughs) what do I do next and then sure enough he circled back around and what he was trying to do was get the win and he came five yards to me and was staring at me through this this little thicket and, and I, I missed my opportunity so that's uh I definitely feel you're there it's one of those things that you gotta you gotta always be on your toes when you're out there especially if you're in the rut you never know what's gonna happen. Confidence is definitely key when in, in archery scenarios you gotta be able to, to know that you're gonna make that shot and uh do it ethically and most of the time you will but once that doubt starts creeping in there's definitely that, that chance of you missing goes up higher and higher.
1: Welcome to Days in the Wild Big Game Hunting Podcast. I'm going into my 15th year of podcasting. Can't believe it's been that long. I want to thank you all for helping me keep this fresh and staying motivated to bring you new content, etc. It hasn't been easy, but uh, it helps me fuel my own passion for hunting. Speaking of helping me keep this going, please go check out Phoenix Shooting Bags and use promo code John Stallone, all one word, to save 20%. And lastly, if you could go to Howlful Wildlife and become a member, we have Partnered with Go Hunt, so now you could get your cake and eat it too. What I, what do I mean by this? Well, you can go to Go Hunt, and if you look at their Insider full subscription, it's $149, and with the Insider, you get the Explorer as well. So we have both packages, but Explorer is is their mapping software, and it's completely dedicated just to hunting. You know, It's got the public and private land boundaries, offline maps, 3D, point tracker, and all the Western states are included. It's a, it's a great tool. So you get that plus on, with the insider, you get the advanced filtering and search tools, industry leading draw odds, unit profiles. And uh, easy to read state regulation overviews, and species profiles, and expert insights, and all this exclusive content plus monthly giveaways. So, the Go Hunt Insider subscription is an awesome deal, right? But it's $149 a year. And if you've been on the fence and didn't know you, if you wanted to spend that $149, let me tell you, it's wor- really worth it. But we're going to make it even Sexier for you because if you come to Howlful Wildlife's site and you go to our membership portal and purchase a Insider or a Explorer package, you not only get a free subscription to Go Hunt and get all those awesome benefits that we talked about, but you get all the benefits of becoming a Howlful Wildlife member, and that includes. Our discounts with our partners, 20% or more. With our partners, you are automatically included in the Halifa Wildlife giveaway monthly giveaways for gear and hunt giveaways for the year. Plus, as a 501c3, your portion of your membership is tax deductible and you're helping out a great cause. Alpha Wildlife is out there advocating for the hunter and helping educate the non-hunting public so that uh we can keep doing this for for perpetuity here and so our kids and our grandkids can enjoy it and uh it's a really great system and we're super thankful that uh, go hunt jumped on board with us and um it's a great way to support helpful wildlife it's a great way to get awesome tools that you will use i use go hunt insider all the time i've been a member for a very long time and it's how I get a lot of my tags by doing the research through there. And now you're getting extra stuff with it. So it's a great, great system. So go check it out. Become a member today. And uh, let's roll into this next episode. Thanks. Hi, welcome to days and Wild Big Game Hunting Podcast brought to you by Phoenix Shooting Bags. Today we're gonna to be uh, we're gonna be talking to Ryan Haynes, and we are going to just listen to a few of his stories here and see if we can't pull out any tidbits of information and you know just enjoy the moment. What's going on, man?
0: Hey, how you doing?
1: I'm oh, good. Crazy. Absolutely yeah, I crazy. I understand
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> Busy time of year for all of us.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 nuts. I, and I got some pretty stellar hunts coming up this year, and I haven't really dedicated a whole lot of time to them, which is scary. I I, I drew a, a moose tag. In oh, in man. Monta- in Montana, yeah. It was a once-in-a-lifetime tag. A bull? Yep, bull moose, Montana. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So... And I've been going back and forth. Well, here I found that really late. With the crazy story is about it that I um I didn't even know that I drew it. I never got a notification or anything like that. And then my phone reminded me, hey, it's time to go buy your bonus points in Montana because this year I did not apply for elk or or deer. So you gotta buy the bonus points separately. Yeah. And I got the reminder, in my phone, and I went on there and it said, Hey, you have an unpaid tag bill, like unpaid invoice. And I'm like, What? Clicked on. It. I'm like, what? Twelve hundred and something <laughs> dollars? I'm like, what is it? I'm like, holy shit! I drew a freaking moose tag, and I didn't even know yeah, about you it. Yeah, can't like, beat that. <laughs> so, had I not gone on there, they would have eventually, I would assume, would have probably given forfeited. Out. Yeah, and I would have lost a freaking once in a lifetime hunt because I didn't know about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh awesome. man, it's
0: uh, yeah, that's insane. It's lucky how it worked out.
1: Yeah. So I didn't find out about it till two weeks ago basically July 1st is when I got the uh, notification to go buy my, you know, cause that's when the bonus point opens. And I'm like, Oh my, so like I'm so far behind the game. I considered going outfitted I actually lean towards going outfitted. Cause it's a once in a lifetime tag. I know I'm not going to be able to get up there cause I drew a elk tag that I've been waiting for for eight years also. So oh, man, I don't want to forfeit that tag. So I don't, it's not like I got time to go scout and I'm like, well, yeah, maybe try to go outfitted. And now, no no outfitter has any availabilities and, then, and that particular unit there's only you know a handful of tags like two or three tags so there's not a whole lot of moose guys out there so yeah um i um, i feel like i hopefully i don't squander this awesome opportunity.
0: <laughs> oh i think you'll get on something i'm sure um when uh when's the hunt
1: I see. They give you a lot of time, which is nice. It starts in September and it goes all the way to Thanksgiving. Okay, yeah, you got a little bit of time for sure. Yeah, so I'm gonna go give it a crack during the prime rut, which is that like, yeah. last last week, September first, couple of weeks of October. Uh, go give it a crack for about a week, and then I have to go to, go to Florida because we already had family. Family trip planned, and if I don't, I will go back again afterwards at some point.
0: Yeah, so, awesome, awesome. That's uh, that's gonna be a
1: hunt right there. So I'm, uh, we're pulling for you. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> I'm gonna need all the help I can get. I'm gonna, <laughs> I gotta figure it out. I, I never even, I mean, I've been moose hunting before, and I've got skunk twice, but I don't really know how to call. I don't know when to call. I don't know any of that stuff. So I got to do some studying here. So
0: well that's the fun of it
1: yeah yeah
0: being <laughs> sure. figured out figure it out on the fly so and I completely understand that but it's gonna be a, a heck of a hunt and we'll uh we'll see if you
1: can uh, you can get one on the ground yeah it'd be nice why don't you give us a little rundown about uh, yourself and uh, yeah we'll, we'll get into some of your stories
0: yeah so I'm actually based out of southeastern Oklahoma I've always been a whitetail guy so I grew up a whitetail guy and actually grew up uh, archery only I'm not not really by my preference or anything, but the the county I grew up in, actually North Texas. So I live on the border of Texas and Oklahoma um, even today. And and the county I grew up in is one of the only counties in Texas that is bow only. So
1: hmm.
0: we uh, I I, I grew you up on like
1: rocker launchers and.
0: that's that's most texas that's down in south texas they do they do things a little different down there for sure so but no so i grew up uh, a bow hunter that's that's really all i do and and even to the to this day i've actually never taken an animal with a rifle and out of everything that i have killed that's that's one thing that i kind of want to get into is some rifle hunting out west at some point so but uh no so I, i grew up here in oklahoma and and where i currently live and and uh i mean i've ventured out west quite a few times now so i about three or four years ago i took up photography and videography and and kind of grown my passion there just as much as as hunting and and kind of got involved in into some of the industry and and uh today work with a few awesome brands that treat me really well and and uh, i'm just excited for what the future holds so that's a little bit about me i just i'm just a guy who likes to get in the outdoors and take photos and uh and hunt animals with the old stick and string. So
1: awesome. Sounds great, man. Um, now is that primarily what you do is just the photography or do you have a, a, a nine to five too,
0: man? I have a nine to five as well, but I got lucky with this one. So I, I, uh, I'm actually a safety consultant for an insurance company. So basically we're just a, a, a big insurance company that, that does commercial insurance. And I just make sure people aren't going to burn their buildings down and and uh, getting car wrecks so that's kind of what i do as a nine to five i work from home it allows me to uh make my own schedule and and get uh basically all the free time that i that out <laughs> i can for for all my hunting adventures so
1: awesome so uh yeah if you could if you could share a story with us and maybe had a a teaching moment or you had an aha moment or maybe changed the way you hunted a specific species or <laughs> you know, learn something about hunting that changed the way you hunt today.
0: Yeah. So one, one of those stories that really sticks out with me is a couple of years back. I, so I've been hunting in Arizona now every January for probably since 2019. And, uh, that's one of my favorite hunts. And, and it, what sucks is it seems like it's kind of disappearing. That's, um, it's one of those hunts that they're, they're making it harder and harder, especially for non-residents and even, even residents. But, um, it's one of those hunts that slowly, each unit, each year kind of seems like they're putting regulations and, and strangleholds on each unit. And, um, it's disappointing to see, but uh, that's one of my favorite hunts each year. And a couple of years back, I, uh, we got into a unit that we'd never really been before, but I'd done a lot of uh, studying on the maps and, and kind of had an idea where I thought some deer would be. And sure enough, we get there and it was just covered in deer. I mean, each day we were seeing 40, 50 deer. 10, 11 bucks. I mean, good shooter bucks. Um, they're rutting like crazy. And we spent probably the first six or seven days trying to get on these deer and uh, basically just glassing from a from afar and then putting a play on them. Um, and we got close a few times, but things just kind of really weren't panning out. And so me and my buddy split up and and uh, the, the very last day of the hunt, we had to leave the next morning and we get to... I get to a glassing point and instead of this the same glassing point that I'd been using I decided to kind of push in a little further because what kind of seemed like it was happening is by the time that i would reached these deer um, where I thought they'd be um, they kind of start going back to bed um, and it was a long walk in a couple miles and so what I decided to do is push in a little further in the dark um, it was my last day I decided to be a little more aggressive and what I did is push probably about another mile in and where I got to this knob I look up, sun starts coming up and sure up and set up at, you know, 800 yards away where I'd seen them prior. They were 250 yards away um, nice. in a drainage. So they're, they're a lot closer. And so uh, all of a sudden I just hear these, these bucks sparring. I mean, there is three or four bucks in this group are probably 15 does and bucks are just sparring, running each other off. I can hear grunting. One of the best mule deer rusts that I've ever witnessed. And, so I, I try to creep around these deer to get my wind right, and sure enough, I did, but they're kind of starting to feed back towards the – by the time we get over, they're kind of feeding back towards the, the pines and the thickets and, and kind of making their way back to bed already. And so when I get into the, into the trees, I, I mean, I'm probably 50 yards away. Uh, for where i think they're going to come out and they do but there was no bucks <laughs> so they kind of feed away they get they start feeding away and i, I kind of get in front of them again but this time i decided to pull a rattle bag out which is kind of funny because everyone that i talked to in in arizona um that's something that they tend not to do is bring some white tail tactics back from the middle west over there and and uh and hit some horns but sure enough i, I mean i do it every time I, I busted the rattle bag out and i i hit a little sequence along with, uh, some doe estrus bleats. And, and sure enough, a doe pops out 50 yards. And here's the buck that I've been after like the last like five days, probably a a good mid one fifties, four point, um, solid deer. And he stops at 50 yards, pull back. And sure enough, I missed him. Um, went, went right under him. Um, last day of the hunt I'd worked my ass off the entire time. And, uh, it was just kind of one of those moments where, where you're like uh you, you're disappointed but at the same time i had the opportunity so i'm walking up i look at my arrow it's shattered no blood on it and um it's about at this point probably around 11:30 now and i make my way to the top of the ridge and it's a big flat spot um with a whole bunch of elk wallows in it and i sit down under this this uh this overhanging tree in the middle of this flat spot on the side of the mountain and i i pull out a breakfast burrito that I'd made the night before and it was just kind of sitting there thinking that uh Man, I missed my opportunity, but it was a hell of a time. So what I decided to do is pull that rattle bag out one more time. As I'm eating my burrito, mm-hmm. my bow is sitting about my, my bow is sitting about a yard away from me on the ground. And I hit a I hit another little sequence. This is probably 15, 20 minutes after I've shot shot at that block. And as I set the rattle bag down after hitting a little sequence, I hear footsteps to my left. And I look over and sure enough, there's this buck that's way bigger than the one I just shot at. Um, just, I mean, charging at me. And this is one of those stories that it's almost hard to believe in, in unless you were there. And this buck is charging right at me. I'm, I'm in a shaded spot. The wind is good. I don't think he would even care if he'd have saw me. It's how rutted he was, uh, he was though. So what I do is I, I reach over, grab my bow. By the time I grab my bow and pull back, this buck is seven yards from me. He looks at me. He jumps to about 10 yards and I smoke him. I knew he was a giant at the time. (laughs) I just didn't know how big he was. There was snow all over the ground. So the blood trail was just massive. I heard him go down. I waited about 20 minutes and I I mean, I already knew he was dead and walked over there. And sure enough, it was about a 180 inch double drop time buck. So that's one of those, that's one of those, those moments that I'll never forget. It was, uh, that was really one of the, Really, one of the first times that sitting there and kind of thinking about how to hunt these deer that has made it to where I I get so many opportunities nowadays, um, especially in Arizona, is, is there's so much country and to glass them from, and and yeah, that's that's fine, um, glassing them from afar, from a little bit, but at some point you got to be a little bit aggressive. You can't just sit back and wait to try to catch these deer. Um, you can't try to always. You, you got to play the wind, but you also have to. So be sure that you don't just let that moment slip away, and that's something that I hunt them every single year. Like now, is is you know I might I might sit back and glass until i see a buck that I want to go after, but once I see him, you got to be aggressive and you got to push in there a little further. Or a lot of times, you won't even get that opportunity. But that's definitely one of those moments that sticks I, with me.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. I'm definitely not one of those guys, and sometimes it bites me in the ass. My aggressiveness definitely bites for me for sure. In the ass. But I usually err on the side of. There's my opportunity. Go take it. Because yeah. you don't know if that opportunity is going to come back, especially when you're hunting the rut. Like I can see, like I feel like I was just having this conversation with somebody, but I I can see somebody doing that in the early season when they're on a pattern and you know the likelihood of them being in that same drainage or even in the same spot is very good. But in the rut you don't know that they could have yeah exactly they could get a whiff of a doe freaking four miles away and and take which i
0: see every yeah every january i see that i mean and you'll see them uh i think this past january we were hunting um down kind of in the southern portion of arizona there was i mean we would see new shooter bucks in the same drainage every single day and then not see them again
1: yep so i mean they're just passing through
0: you never know where they're going to be there yeah so especially someone coming from from Oklahoma, it's like, I I don't get that opportunity to hunt Arizona a lot um, throughout the year. So I I hunt it for at most 10 days. So I got to make the most of my opportunities because I see too many times people complain about how hard that hunt is. And it is hard, but you you have to play it smart. But if you are aggressive, you're going to get your opportunities. Um, I don't care what Arizona fishing game says on statistic wise. That's one of the things that drives me nuts is when people pay attention to those three to four to 5% success rates if you bust your ass and you get in there and you are aggressive, but at the same time calculated, you're going to get your opportunities. And I mean, every year since I've had great opportunities and I've missed, or I've, I've connected and just couldn't find them or my buddies have connected. And it's just, it's something that you gotta, you definitely have to, to get in there and do, because i see too many times of people going out West and glassing, 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 glassing every single day until it's, you know, the very last day and then their hunt's over. Mm-hmm. So definitely one of those things that sticks with me throughout
1: the years. Yeah. Without a doubt. So, and, 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 and kind of looking at the, the tactics that you use and the whole rattling bag. And one, one thing that stuck out to me is that, you know, you, you started doing that and your bow was three yards from you or <laughs> yeah. yard, yard from you or whatever it was. And it's like, I've been in that situation before and and I've still made that mistake now freaking 30 some odd years of bow hunting later, but like, I can't tell you what, one, that part that's one that sticks out in my mind right now is actually when I was whitetail hunting um, years ago and I hung up my bow and I bent over and I grabbed the bleat can out of my, my pack and I, and I hit that can twice and it's like, I did it. But then I didn't actively hunt afterward. I wasn't looking. I wasn't like, okay, is anything gonna respond? I like did it just to do it. It was like a weird yeah. thing. And I'm like trying to pull out my sandwich after doing that. Like I was it was like weird. Like I didn't, and then I look up and there's this freaking buck staring at right at me and he came running right in. And I'm bent over, and he's looking up at me in the tree stand, and I'm like, uh, "Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm busted. I no where I'm going." But, and I've done that stuff before, like even elk hunting, where I've, you know, just like ah, uh, oh, matter of fact, we did it this past year. We were, I, I specifically told Charles and my buddy Dan we were we were heading back. We were way back in this freaking canyon complex, like ten miles plus away from. To, to where we had to park the truck and we're walking back. I'm like, Hey, listen, let's just kind of, we're, we're going to quit a little early today. Cause we just bust got busted on a giant bowl that Charles was going to try to get and um, whatever, it fell apart, but we're heading back. And I'm like, Hey, let's just kind of like, let's do the cow party the whole way. You know, let's just pretend we're, you know, a bunch of cows on this trail. And we're, and we were doing that. And, and for the first probably mile or so, I was actively hunting. And as soon as I got complacent, guess what? We had yeah. a freaking bunch of elk come right up to us. There was a bull, or, you know, it was a raghorn bull, but we were getting second to last day, I think we were. And I, Charles would have been happy to shoot him. And like, you know, it, like I was going through the motions, but I wasn't actively hunting. So, like, it's really important. I think if you're going to do something that might evoke a response or whatever, then you, you got to be in the moment. Like, you know,
0: a hundred percent. And it, it's funny as I have a, I have another little story um, about me hunting white tails in Kansas last year. And so it is the biggest buck I've ever seen on public land anywhere in any state was last year in Kansas. And I ended up missing him. I had a good opportunity, but
1: um, it's a white tail, a,
0: uh, a white tail okay. in, in Western Kansas. And, uh, I, I went up there and studied a whole bunch of maps. Um, I've hunted a lot of, of private land in Kansas before, but never public land. And so I gave it a shot last year and hunted a whole bunch of walk-in land. Well, it was uh, probably out of five – I only had five days to hunt. I just killed a good buck in Texas, um, so the wife gave me five days to hunt. Um, I, was, I, I, I am in the tree a lot uh, that time of year, so I definitely understand. And So in five days of hunting, I saw six big deer, uh, six mature deer on public land um but this one instance i'm scouting this new piece midday winds blowing like 40 miles an hour and i walk in and um it's a big crp field and then there's a drainage a creek bottom drainage at the end of the property mm-hmm. so i'm walking to this crp field with no trees well i get about halfway down and there's a doe and uh she's running at me and i'm like what the the wind's perfect in my favor and i was like there must be a buck chasing her and sure enough there's this Giant, probably 170 inch typical ten, right behind her. Hmm. Tongues out, chasing her. He's at 40 yards, but he's just running. There's nothing I could do. The wind's blowing so hard. So I see him go down in this this cedar thicket that goes into this creek bottom. So I kind of go after him just to see. I'm like, the wind's blowing so hard, I might be able to creep up on him. Sure enough, I get down there and I somehow get between the doe and the buck because I I get down in the cedar thicket and the doe is 10 yards from me in front of me. Doesn't know I'm there. She walks right in front of me. I'm like, oh, the buck's going to be right behind her. But then I hear a blow behind me, and sure enough, I look back, and 20 yards away, there's this big buck. Hmm. And he he blows out, and um, I'm like, well, uh, what do I do now? So I walk back to the truck. I was just going to scout this place at first, and I was like, well, there's, there's definitely big gear in here. So I go back. I get my saddle set up completely walk around the opposite side of the property and I walk in through the creek bed. It's a large, it's a big creek. It's dry. And I'm, I'm walking into the creek bed. Well, I get through the into the creek bed and then as I'm kind of walking down the creek bed, I see this buck. Yeah. It's not too thick. I don't know if you've ever hunted Kansas and it's it's not a, no, a really, I mean, amiss- <laughs> what's well, especially the Western part of the state, you're, you're really hunting a lot of uh, small creek beds, draws, and things like that. So there's not just a ton of cover. So, as I'm walking through this, this Creek, I look up and a couple hundred yards away I'm glass, I'm taking 20 steps in glass and 20 steps in glass. And then I see this buck and he's still chasing this doe. And I'm like, okay, well, he's still in there. He didn't go too far. So as I'm getting through, I'm walking and I uh, get to a spot to where I want to see if I can set up a saddle. And I'm like, well, just let me see if I can throw out a few calls. So I'm sitting down and I throw out a few, I rattle, throw out a few bleats again. And sure enough, Five minutes later, this buck has circled all the way back around, runs 40 yards from me, but I don't have a shot. And I'm like, man, I, there goes my opportunity again. So he runs completely away and I'm just sitting there. Um, I'm I'm sitting there on my ass thinking like trying to figure out which tree I want to get in because there's the, the trees are really short and stubby. They're not really, there's not really anything I can get a saddle in. Hmm. So as I'm just kind of sitting there behind this thicket, kind of twiddling my thumbs, thinking what I'm going to do next for the evening, I hear something from behind me through the creek bed, and all of a sudden, I look up, and five yards from me, I swear to this day, this is, the, this is another crazy story. This buck is staring at me at five yards oh, through, this thicket, through this thicket. He's staring at me at like five yards. My bow's on the ground still, and I'm like, I kind of have my bow, though, in my hand, but it's on the ground, so I, I just don't move. And I'm just staring at him. I mean, he's he's drooling, I can see everything. Then he busts off. So as he busts off, I pull back my bow. And at the time I had a Garmin mm-hmm. um rangefinder sight on. And oh wow. So I pull back, and then the only thing he's he's behind this tree now, but the only thing showing is his shoulder and probably two to three inches of his vitals and then a tree. So this is my only shot. I didn't want to shoot him in the shoulder. I was like, the last thing I want to do is shoot this buck in the shoulder and not be able to find him. So I tried to pin it as close as I could to this tree at 30 yards. And I still have a picture on my phone of this buck. What happened is it skinned, my broadhead skimmed the tree mm. and then shot right over his back. So there's a <laughs> there's a whole bunch of marks in the tree from my broadhead, went right over his back and I never saw that buck again. So that's definitely another learning moment along the lines that you were saying is, is um after I'd called and I'd I'd seen him I mean I'd called him in but I got complacent sat there and was like man (laughs) what do I do next and then sure enough he circled back around and what he was trying to do was get the win right and he came five yards to me and was staring at me through this this little thicket and and I I missed my opportunity so that's uh I definitely feel you there it's one of those things that you gotta you gotta always be on your toes when you're out there especially during the rut because you never know what's going to happen
1: yeah yeah man hunting whitetails on the ground is fun huh it's like a oh it's a good time yeah
0: it's a good time it is but uh there's something about being in a tree too man i i'm like i said that's what i grew up doing and that's just one of my favorite favorite ways of hunting them is uh especially when i talk to people out west it's funny because they, they 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 it seems like they can't stand uh tree stand hunting and definitely get it because they've grown up you know walking the mountains their entire lives so but there's a, it's definitely a game of patience and um, well, trying yeah. to trick that old buck.
1: Yeah, I tell people that all the time. I'm like, yeah, you, it's two different, two different games, right? Like you, when you're hunting in the mountains, you're you're playing football, and when you're, when you're hunting out of a tree stand for whitetail, you're playing chess.
0: Yep. You exactly.
1: And Both. Exactly. Very That's a good analogy good games. Right. But one's more about physicality and the other one's more about wits, you know?
0: Yeah. Tactics. There's a lot that goes into it. It's a, uh, a lot of people think that, especially why, people that don't watch to a lot, especially in the Midwest and things like that is, is, uh, they think it's just, you go out there, you put bait down and you shoot them.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And honestly, a uh, lot of places in South Texas are like that <laughs> and I'm not yeah. knocking it. I'm not knocking yeah. it at all, but uh, well, I mean, where aside
1: from Texas, I mean, other places that you could bait, it's still not even that easy. Like you know, no, it's
0: not. That's what people don't understand. Is in Oklahoma, we can bait here. But um, one thing I tell people is, so we we do a lot of uh, management on our properties that I have here, and and from food plots to uh, to summer work to 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 really grow in a herd of deer that that we we manage to, to take just the mature bucks only and, and, uh, and limiting our dough numbers. So, but what a lot of people don't understand is the work that goes into it, but I've, we don't use feeders here at all because I've never once seen a buck or a mature buck, at least killed over a feeder where I am. They just don't, they're just smart. I mean, I've seen mature bucks hold up at a hundred yards and look at a feeder, but around here, it's just tough for them to, for us to hunt them that way, and it's just—I've never seen success and never had success. I've killed a lot of mature bucks throughout the years here, but not one of them over bait, <laughs> which yeah. is crazy. Um, I mean, I could kill a doe over bait any day, but those mature bucks are are mature for a reason.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. They know that those baits, bait sites, and and maybe not necessarily because of human pressure, but that's also a place for a you know predator who. Yeah, you know, so yeah, it's uh, it's not always a slam dunk. Let's just put it that way.
0: No, it's not. It's not. I mean, I know people who hunt over feeders every single day of the season and not tag out. So people's perceptions on baiting are are it's a, it's kind of crazy to me the hate that it honestly gets when it's usually your Midwest guys <laughs> that, that hate it so much because uh, they're talking about how baiting's easy when they're hunting over a fifty acre cornfield. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: So I mean to each their own. Uh just get out there and see what you can do and see what you can get on the ground.
1: Exactly. Do you have any uh other cool stories you want to share with us?
0: Yeah, yeah. So like I said, last year I actually had one of the best years I've ever had hunting, but also one of the worst, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um I put myself in so many good opportunities and it's just I don't know if it was uh if it was me just choking or if it was me not preparing with the bow enough i mean i've never had one of these years to where i either miss or or wound an animal like i did last year and last year's one of those years but i ended up taking two really good bucks um one in texas which i actually shot this this really good deer we'd had on camera for a few years and um, i shot him at 1 yard <laughs> straight down out of the saddle actually oh, wow. so um, but other than that um, there was there was a few opportunities that I that I missed out on. Um, one buck that I actually named him Iron Man for a good reason because in 20, uh, 2020, I filmed with this uh, of this buck and I had uh, he came into the food plot October tenth actually and I had backstrap shot him. And this buck, I'm not kidding, probably ducked. I mean, a good solid two yards. Um, he ducked so fast at thirty yards, ended up backstrap shooting him. And I believe it. I knew this buck. I mean, it's crazy what those whitetails can do. And looking back on it, um, I, on film, I mean, his head's down. And I should have waited till his head to come up because they duck so quick when their heads are down. But he was relaxed, and I thought I could do it. But so after I'd missed him, I knew – I mean, after I'd hit him in the backstrap, I knew he was going to be fine. And sure enough, he turned up, uh, you know, two days later and hunted him all season and never really got another opportunity at him until my friend actually shot him the last day of season in January but turns out that this poor guy he he shoulder shot him and this guy funny enough is a professional <laughs> professional archer um i mean he's won, he's won a lot of a lot of competitions throughout the throughout the year or so um but what's funny is it, it happens to everyone and he he shoulder shot him and we never found this buck um and, and it was one of those things where he was he was a really good deer and and we missed out on the opportunity of him and so we, we wrote him off, never saw him on camera again. And then oct- last year in October rolls around. And sure enough, I get him on my cell cam. <laughs> I mean, it'd been over, it'd been like a year. I hadn't seen him since. He used to summer on us and sure enough, he shows back up. <laughs> so I, last year, I went and hung a saddle in a, more of an observation set to, to look at this buck, see if I could get eyes on him. And where he came out was completely unexpected. He came out in the middle of a CRP field that, I did not think he was betting in because um, he used to bet in a completely opposite side of the property came out from behind me in this small CRP build and works his way to me I'm trying to get the camera on him and and um, solo filming is just tough it's mm-hmm. uh, it's one of those things that's it's it's so frustrating but it can be rewarding at the same time and I uh, I'm trying to get the camera on him and then all of a sudden he's he's at five yards and then he's at 25 yards because I'm trying to get the camera set up and and um, So I had to stop him. I stopped him and and I just completely pinwheeled him. Um, Perfect shot. But I think he was quartering a little more than what I would anticipated and put it in his back shoulder. Um, The arrow stuck in his offside shoulder and plugged it up. And uh, I gave him probably four or five hours and went and looked for for more blood. And and the initial blood for about 60 yards was I thought it was going to be a cakewalk because it was so I mean, it was so thick. And then. We, we get to looking and looking more and man, we just never found him. So that was one of those heartbreak stories that, that we, that deer had been shot three times in two years. Uh, and you know, sometimes it happens, but that's, that's one crazy. of those, that's one of those things. Yeah. And that's why his name was Iron Man. And it's just, it's unbelievable. Um, I mean, I know that deer is, is dead now. I'm, I'm not going to write it off, but, uh, cause it's past but that deer has to be, has to be a goner, man. It's, it's one of those, those, uh, those stories, it still gets to me, um, because the history I had with that buck for the last three years, but, um, but yeah. So like I said, last year was a, a year of a lot of success, but also a lot of, uh, a lot of failure as well.
1: Yeah. I had a year like that and it was like, again, like, like you said, one of the best, but also one of the worst years ever. It was the best year. Cause I created so many opportunities and I had the wounded three animals in one year.
0: Yeah.
1: And it was just like, it definitely oh happens. God, I wanted to hang up the boat. Like I was like, that's it, John, you you've, you're getting too old for this shit. Or I don't know, you know, I was, <laughs> I don't yeah. know what it was that I was like, you know, it was just horrible. Well, once
0: you missed, once you miss or wound some, there's definitely a lot of doubt that comes into it. And you can, yeah. I mean, you can sit there and, and shoot at a target and 10 ring it all, all day long. But once you miss a few animals or wound a few animals that, that doubt creeps in there for sure. And your confidence lacks. And, and it's just one of those things that maybe, maybe shooting a doe, um, or something can, uh, something that doesn't have as much pressure on it. Can, that can really help you get that confidence back. Um, but I, I kind of dealt with that last year, like you were saying, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's kind of tough to get over because I mean, even my first buck that I shot last year was the first, my first sit of the year, um, early October, I had this buck patterned and he came in and I got shot him, Mm. um, which is 25 yards. I got shot him and completely lethal. Yeah. And, and, uh, we let him lay overnight and called in a dog and the dog didn't find him. Um, and I just, it didn't sit right with me. So, after that dog had we looked for five hours i got on the maps and started scout, scouting some areas that i figured he might go into that i knew were thick areas on our property and i just started walking them again and sure enough i ran right into him he was in about a foot deep hole he had died and um in the middle of this this super thick thicket of vines thorns and things like that so my confidence last year like I said I put myself in a lot of good scenarios but I my confidence just wasn't always there because I mean I was making some poor shots so this year is definitely something that I I uh, I've been working on I've been shooting the bow a lot more um been shooting out of a saddle a lot more so uh that's one thing that takes a little bit of getting used to is last year was my first year hunt with a saddle and I've been practicing this year shooting out of it um before season just to uh to see if I can get that confidence up. And and when I do put myself in those scenarios, I'll capitalize.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what people don't realize about kind of what the story you just told, like confidence is, is 90% of, of hunting in my opinion, when it, when it comes to execution anyway, and you need to have one, you need to have the confidence, but you, you also need to be able to see yourself doing it. And if there's yep. doubt in your mind that you can't do it because of, you know, the last experience or, or it may not even because of last experience just because you, you know, you have doubt you're so much more likely of not being able to execute that. It, it's, yeah, I mean, it's such a tough thing to, it's such a tough thing to overcome once it, once it's there, you know?
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you. It's uh confidence is definitely key when in in archery scenarios you got to be able to to know that you're going to make that shot and uh do it ethically and most of the time you will but once that doubt starts creeping in there's definitely that that chance of you missing goes up higher and higher
1: yeah absolutely well you got any cool hunts planned for this year or
0: i do um so i leave um, for over-the-counter elk in colorado early september uh to a place we had last year and I've actually, man, I've been lucky the last couple of years elk hunting. I, I killed a good bull two years ago in Idaho, a solid bull. My, that was my first time actually elk hunting with a bow out west, got on a good bull. Then last year in Colorado, you know, I'm sure, I'm not sure if you've hunted Colorado before, for I have. Elk, but so I'm sure you've heard all the stigma of Colorado, how it gets such a bad rap and because there's too many hunters, too much pressure, not enough elk in some units and things like that. And so when I went into it last year, it was my first year hunting over the counter Colorado and I went in there with the mind, that mindset thinking that it's going to be tough, but I'm going to shoot the first, first thing that walks out, cow, you know, legal bull, what is it? So, um, first day we get up there and we get it, we get in some bedding area up, up top and we're kind of thermals are working up towards us. And, um, I hear all these cows below us and we start working down this thick bedding area and sure enough, cow pops out at 40 yards and a smoker. First day, I told myself before going in, I was going to shoot a cow and um, that was a mistake because the next seven or eight days with a few of my buddies, we got into so many bulls. I mean, just large bulls. So this year, I'm excited to go back. I've got that planned. I'm definitely not shooting a cow the first day this time. I'm going to hold out for a while. So uh, when people tell me that Colorado over the counter is, is useless and not worth it, I uh, I just kind of, I don't really listen to that that, that that kind of negativity anymore because I know there's you bust your ass hard enough, you're going to get into some elk, and that's exactly what we did. So, I've got that one planned. I've, I've got uh, Oklahoma antelope oh, nice. um, this year. Yeah, so I'll be chasing some goats out there, and then I've got Oklahoma and Texas whitetail, and then I'll be back in Arizona in January. So, if if the unit's not not capped out, and <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> they made some regulation changes.
1: Yep, yep, we sure did.
0: <laughs> so yeah but uh so i've got a i've got a busy year this year ahead and hopefully able to capitalize on something
1: nice that's awesome very good man well i I appreciate you coming on and uh sharing your stories with us love to have you on again and probably uh next time i have you on i'll uh we'll we'll go over some like tactics and stuff like that i'll send you for sure get you set up with some questions and uh and have you school us on some of what you do to be successful. Awesome.
0: Yeah, that works with me. Anything photography or hunting wise, I'm always down to talk about it.
1: I appreciate you, man. Thanks a lot. Hey guys, thanks for checking out the show. Really appreciate you. Keep those reviews and those comments coming. Helps us keep this free. Do me a favor, go check out Phoenix Shooting Bags. Use promo code John Stallone to save 20%, all one word and check out Howl for Wildlife. Thank you very much, and we'll catch you on the next show.